Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A hundred and twenty-five years ago, New Zealand became the first country in the world to give women the vote. In Beyond Kate, RNZ's Sonia Sly tells the story of how this momentous decision was reached and reviews its legacy today. In the process, she also uncovers some of the personal histories of the 25,000-plus women who put their names to the suffrage petition presented to Parliament in 1893. And about that petition, it's hundreds of metres long, and it's stored in carefully controlled conditions alongside the original Treaty of Waitangi in Hetohu, the National Library in Wellington. Just to clarify, this is the third attempt to get a suffrage petition over the line. The first and second were sent through to Parliament in 1891 and 92 respectively, but Kate Shepherd and her volunteers weren't prepared to sit back and take no for an answer. Lucky for us. Kate Shepard was the organiser of the petition and she had a friend who was a printer and she had him print out the sheets and you can see they're quite long, they're about 60 centimetres long each and they're quite narrow as well. But they've got a column for uh, one signature and then a column for the address and so these were sent out all over the country for women to gather signatures and as soon as the 1892 suffrage petition had done its job of supporting the bill that went through Parliament that didn't make it all the way to getting the legislation passed for women to get the vote. Kate Shepard and her colleagues in the Women's Christian Temperance Union knew that they needed to act really fast if they wanted to um, you know, keep up the momentum. They were determined, and that's because... 1893 was an election year, and so they knew that if they didn't get the, the legislation over the line that year, there'd be at least three more years to wait. Each sheet has the prayer at the top to the Honourable Speaker and the members of the House of Representatives. The petition of the undersigned women of the age of 21 years and upwards, resident in the colony of New Zealand, humbly shooting. So they sprang into action in mid-1892, got these sheets printed. She sent these out all over the country in time for the summer holidays so that women could take them to the places where they holidayed so that they'd be even better reached, not only to the cities and the towns of New Zealand, but out to the rural places and the beaches where we go on our summer holidays. Come rain or shine. The document is over a century old, but considering its history, it's not in bad shape. So the main damage it's suffered is pretty minor and it's just from being rolled and unrolled. There's lots of ink blots and I think those are really interesting and that sort of speaks to the chaos of its creation because these sheets were carried all around the place and people gathered signatures by knocking on doors, by collecting signatures out in public. And after all the signatures were gathered, they were mailed back to Kate Shepard in Christchurch at her home in Rickerton and she and her colleagues there glued all of the sheets together and wound them around a segment of a broom handle and made this big roll, which is the roll that you see now. There are thousands of names on the petition, but one sits right at the top. The very first name is Mary Jane Carpenter. I took a trip down to Christchurch to meet up with her great-grandson, Peter Aitken, and his wife, Margaret. 
So her headstone is which one? Oh no! It's completely toppled to the ground. Which also happened to her husband's headstone too as a result of the Christchurch earthquake. That's my grandfather and Mary Jane Carpenter. Now the headstones would otherwise have been in pristine condition so it's a little heartbreaking. There was initially the the stone was put up for George Frederick and, and later had Mary Jane's inscription. How old was Mary when he married her? 21 or 22. She came out in 1870 and on the ship's record she's listed as a domestic servant. Was she educated? What was her kind of trajectory? As a general servant she would not have been well educated. She might have been able to read and write. I mean, do you think that they ended up getting married because they were kind of in the same area? Or? Probably. But I think single women in the 1870s coming out to a male-dominated colonial society were snapped up fairly quickly. You've seen pictures of her, have yes, you? Yes. Would you say she was an attractive woman? No. Like, no? <laughs> <laughs> she... <laughs> We, we could turn off the, the, oh, no, the recordings of this. No, that's hilarious. <laughs> but she is rather butch-looking. Really? Yes. And this is Peter's wife, Margaret. She looks manly. Her face is not attractive. Well, her features may have been decimated by having seven children, and the photograph we have has got seven kids with her. We don't know. She may have been uh, rather sylph-like and uh, very attractive in her younger days. Now, I'll just mention here that I also asked Peter what Mary Jane's husband looked like too. Peter tells me he was a lean man with a beard and Mary Jane was actually his second wife after his first wife passed away. His first wife was uh, Frances Chapman. She died very early. He clearly wasn't wasting any time and snapped Mary Jane up quick smart. It turns out that she'd come to New Zealand with two brothers and a sister and her dad, a blacksmith. Her father who was 50 at the time, which I thought was a bold venture. They lived out at Yuldhurst initially and then moved to Rickerton. The father was a blacksmith, is that right? Yes, or boiler maker or mechanic. He's a person who did repairs with ironwork. Mary Jane Carpenter and her husband, George Frederick, were farming folk. This area here is, a lot of it is shingle. It's not all that good for farming. This area is probably all right, but a lot of it is on shingle fans and it's very prone to drought. So they would have also experienced that themselves? Yes, 260 acres they had, but I would imagine they cropped and had sheep. Once she got married, they worked on the farm. And, yes. I mean, surely she's like this robust sort of strong woman who... Formidable, that's, that's how I would describe her. And she must have been, because to be... Proactive on women's rights or seeking uh, women's vote and also being a staunch uh, Methodist and advocate for temperance. You had to have a fair bit of guts to be able to uh, stand up and, and pose those sorts of uh, propositions. So, How was it, do you think, that she ended up as being first on the actual role? There was a group of people. I mean, Kate Shepherd lived in Rickerton and there was a, a sort of dare I say it, a coven. <laughs> now, Peter, let's try that one again. There was a group of women who were all first signed up and they came from Yaldhurst, Rickerton, Hornby. So they're in this area. Oh, right. So it's she would have had like that direct kind of contact with her. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 
she would have known Kate Shepard quite well. Peter Aitken speaking to RNZ's Sonia Sly in the first episode of Beyond Kate. And you can find the whole episode online now at rnz.co.nz. New episodes will be released each week for the next seven weeks, and you can listen to it on Standing Room only every Sunday after the 3pm news, or you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNZ. And finally, a plea. Now, I don't want any of your money. It's just that at the moment on my podcast app, you have to put RNZ colon the podcast hour exactly like that before we pop up. So if you're enjoying the podcast hour, if it's helping you find new stuff to listen to, please do consider leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully that way more people can find us more easily. We don't need to put any colons anywhere. Thank you. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.